Hi, this is Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 187, recorded on Sunday the 13th of August 2017, and I am sorry, I'm very slightly late, it is now 11.02 and 15 seconds in the morning, so I am 2 minutes and 15 seconds late. In fact, I'm going to continue to be late, because I've needed to record the intro to this podcast when I am still finishing the last of my notes. I would say bear with me, but of course this is a podcast, so the gap will be edited out, but I thought I'd be honest with you and tell you that this podcast has a slight gap in it. A gap in it that I will use to finish the notes and to finish my ginormous cup of coffee, and I'll be back in a second. But just to give you a sense that something is slightly amiss, I'll put in a five-second gap starting now. And I am back. I had time to have a cup of coffee and add to the show notes, so there are one or two more films to talk about. And let's just get on with the show. But... One last thing before I do get on with the show, I just remembered something. Oh my god, it's Sunday again! Yes, Roy's Rocket Radio, two weeks in a row on Sunday morning. Amazing. Or rather Sunday afternoon now, because after my coffee break and the notes, it's now the afternoon. But it is Sunday and it did start around 11. Oh, and one... Further last announcement, I mentioned in a tweet that I'll be talking about Philip K. Dick in this show, but there is so much to talk about, particularly with the new Electric Dreams TV series starting sometime this year. So I have moved the show to talk about Philip K. Dick to a special that I will record on Friday. That is in addition to your normal Roy's Rocket Radio Sunday show. And let's start with William Shatner. Now, his views have been hitting the headlines lately, and I disagree with a lot of them. But that does not detract from the fact that he played the wonderful James T. Kirk. I loved the character he portrayed, and I loved his skills in playing that character. Apart from that, who cares? He's an actor who should only be respected for his talent as an actor. This is one reason I couldn't care less about what celebrities think. If you disagree with his views, ignore him as I do, because in the end, having those views will mean that he attracts followers on Twitter where he has been a bit vocal, who are creeps, and who no one in their right mind would want to be friends with. I looked at his Twitter stream on Tuesday, and it's already happening, and he doesn't seem to be that happy about it either, so that's punishment enough. It puzzles me no end that people expect actors to be like the characters they play, And it also surprises me that they become the subjects of hero worship. And it's not just actors. How about 
a whole slew of famous musicians, mainly rock stars, who turned out to be racist, misogynist, fascistic, and even seriously criminal nutcases in real life. It doesn't make the music they made any worse. As for the whiny right-wing idiots and celebrities who use words like SJW, which stands for Social Justice Warrior, and Snowflake, as in Liberal Snowflake, as an insult, they can have at it. I and people like me have been called much, much worse, and it doesn't bother me. People who use those words in scorn, in what they think is clever irony or sarcasm, are just idiots with a crazy, insular outlook, and a dead-end agenda who will eventually disappear from the gene pool. That's why the extreme and the alt-right are on the rise at the moment. They know it's over, and they are panicking. Finally, and this may seem odd coming from a pop culture podcast, I suggest people make their lives better by stop worshipping celebrities. It's not worth it, and they're not inviting you round for dinner. Actually, it's not that odd to suggest that, because on this show, we are interested in the art more than the artist. Look, I know it's easy to be dazzled by celebrity, but take a back step and realise that they are as flawed as everyone else. If you want some examples, look at Michael Caine and his frankly ludicrous pro-Brexit stance, or how about Morgan Freeman's remarkably pompous attitude about what directors should or should not do in his view, and then there is, of course, the amazing Christian Bale meltdown on set. Finally, did you know that there are conversations that I have had with relatively famous people that I have purposefully never made public because what I heard ranged from mind-bendingly stupid to plain nasty. What I'm trying to say is get over your heroes disappointing you and actually just don't have any heroes full stop. Doesn't mean you can't appreciate the stuff that they do. Just don't expect anything amazing out of them or friendship. (laughs) Okay, and with that, we'll move on to some movies. Or, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to leave the movies bit until later because I want to jump over to technology as after what I've just said, this will sound better coming in this part of the show. Because let's move on to Anti-Diversity Guy, which sounds like a horrible comic book character. Yes, Google has fired the rather strange male engineer within Google who came up with that peculiar memo. Here's what I think. Even if you are a misogynist, a sexist, or a racist, 
surely you know by now that society as a whole does not agree with you. And what did this guy do? And amazingly, continues to do, was and is career suicide. I didn't know his identity, at least initially, and given that he was so low down on the food chain, I didn't care either, and nor would anyone else have cared. But then he went public talking to other unpleasant people. He made a video. Of course he made a video. And it just goes on and on and on. Oh dear. And now Julian Assange has sprang to this man's defence, which brings us back to my anti-celebrity worship thing again, and has been going on about free speech. The thing is, though, Anti-Diversity Guy was free to say what he wanted, but his co-workers, in a company, I might add, decided that they didn't want to work with him. I can't see how that impinges on free speech. If the US government had thrown him in jail, that would have impinged on his right to free speech, but they didn't, did they? You know what this is like? It's like your kid swearing at the dinner table. Sure, he has a right to say these things without being arrested, but his mum can also tell him off and cut his pocket money. Personally, as someone who has both witnessed his parents deal with racist and sexist garbage and who has had to deal with it himself, I say good riddance to anti-diversity man. Bye-bye and don't let the door whack you on the backside as you are flung from the revolving doors of Google. I am glad that tech firms are starting to take a stand, but I do wonder that if this hadn't floated out of Google and into the public eye, because this memo has been around for a while, would they have sacked him? Or are Google more worried about public image than what this guy actually says? Because there really is a stupidly unequal diversity problem that is endemic in tech and actually society at large. As I said before, I've had to deal with this stuff myself and you would not believe the garbage I have heard spouted by people who, on the outside, seem intelligent. Wow, okay. <laughs> now, you can see why I strung those two parts of the show together. This was going to go into the technology section, but I thought it would be better here. But back to the show's regular lineup, and I'm going to talk about some movies. The first movie is Get Out from 2017, in which a young black man visits his white girlfriend's rich parents. This is not Guess Who's Coming to Dinner from 1967 with Sidney Poitier, but this is a great 
social horror. And I know that word's been banded about a bit at the moment. It also has a touch of giallo. And if you have watched giallo film or are a fan of the Italian genre, you know exactly what I mean. It reminds me strongly of the film, also a horror movie, Society from 1989. And there are definite nods to David Cronenberg and John Carpenter. Our hero is Daniel Kaluuya, who you may remember from Black Mirror. And his love interest is played brilliantly by Alison Williams. I thought the ending was pretty surprising, but you'll have to judge for yourself. Tell me what you think. I'm not going to talk about this anymore because it's still out at the cinema. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched the movie yet. Next, City of Tiny Lights from 2016. This is a Brit neo-noir Bogardian thriller about small-time London private eye Riz Ahmed, who plays a character called Tommy Actar, who is investigating the disappearance of a young woman. Now, the fact that his name is Tommy Actar <laughs> pleases me because I'm also an Asian chap with a Western first name. But let's go into the movie, and what did I find? Pa! <laughs> Instead of pros and cons now, it's going to be pa and ya. Which I might change, because pa I use too often in real life, and ya sounds very slony. Okay, let's start off with the pros. The editing feels weird in places. Like there is more backstory that was cut... There is also far too much voiceover explaining things that are absolutely blindingly obvious. The young guy who plays the younger version of our hero looks absolutely nothing like his older self. And let's now go on to things that I liked. I liked the look of the movie. It was nicely shot, mostly at night. I liked the fact that there's an Asian private eye. It was great that the more experienced Roshan Seth and Billy Piper took a restrained back seat, allowing Riz Ahmed to do his thing. And I like seeing people who look like me in these roles. Especially if they are playing gritty, tough, gumshoe characters. Okay, next, Wonder Woman. And what more can I say about Wonder Woman at this stage? It is too late for me to weigh in that much on the movie. Gal Gadot is great in this Wonder Woman origin story. From the secret Amazon island, she goes forth into the world of the earliest 20th century, that is World War One, 
and helps to stop mankind blowing itself to bits. And if there was <laughs> ever a time needed for Wonder Woman, it's right now. A couple of things that grated a little. I'm not sure about the camera, including Gal Gadot's high heel sandals at one point. You never see the platform Alan Ladd stands on, but otherwise okay, funny, empowering, mainly due to Gadot. This is good for DC, especially after Suicide Squad. Next, Slight from 2016. That's slight as in sleight of hand. This is a bit like if Magneto was a street magician who used science. Other than that, a pretty pedestrian and forgettable movie. And our hero does something that makes me totally lose sympathy for him about halfway through the film. That's it for movies this week. Let's move on to technology. Now I'll start with the Game of Thrones hack, which I think is not piracy, or even related to piracy, despite what some other tech journalists have been talking about out there. They are completely wrong. And before we actually go on to that, just as an aside, I wanted to talk about Game of Thrones, a TV show, as it is one of the two shows that I am following at the moment, the other being The Strain. But by the time I get round to watching it, everything that can be said about the show has already been said and it's too late. So that is frustrating for me, but at least I can talk about this hack. HBO, who make Game of Thrones, have been hacked. Early on during this news, some technology journalists who should know better compared the Game of Thrones hack to piracy. But it isn't. Cast addresses, script outlines, and according to the hacker or hackers, more than a terabyte of data was stolen and a ransom for $6 million was made. Now, no matter how you feel about piracy, whether you are for or against it, most pirated media torrents are uploaded after the show airs. But the primary reason for this was not simply about getting access to shows. It was obviously an attempt at a criminal black hat hack. I say attempt because HBO is a high-profile soft target. Most media companies aren't exactly the Ministry of Defense or the Pentagon. In which case, the ransom demand made by this person or people is probably just a grandiose self-justification for hitting an easy mark. I'm not sure how they would even ever collect this ransom. I suppose what I'm trying to say is that this intrusion and theft seems 
to have been executed in only a semi-competent manner. And that seems to be held up every time we hear something new about what happened. And the news is still going on, so we'll have to see how this plays out. But it doesn't seem like the hackers are the most competent of people in this case. They seem like people who are trying very hard to be black hat hackers, but aren't quite pulling it off. But it does show that if you have something you don't want others to see, you need to do something about it before it's too late. As I keep saying in this podcast, endlessly. Okay. And finally, on our continuing On This Day in Tech section, at least for the time being, let me first start with an apology that I have already made on Twitter, but I'll do it again here if you don't follow me on Twitter. I got a couple of things wrong in last week's On This Day in Tech due to bodge on my part. While doing the research, because I was tired, I didn't fully check the dates of the entries on the websites that I was visiting. I also blame Google for being one of the most unintelligent search engines, despite what the company says. The two things that I got wrong were the launch date of the Mir Russian space station and John Glenn's landing after his record-breaking trip round the world in orbit. I am sorry, and let's try this again today. So, on this day in tech, going back to 1642, the Dutch astronomer Christian Huygens observed an ice cap on the south pole of Mars. Secondly, and a darker tech-related event, Cortes and his Spanish conquistadors finally defeated the Aztec Empire, proving that if you are a bit of a nasty bugger, having better tech really does help. Going forward in time to a more modern era now, 1985, a three-year-old Irish child, Jamie Gavin, became the world's youngest recipient of a heart and lung transplant, and that happened in Harefield Hospital in London. Next, in 1960, using a NASA balloon satellite called Echo 1, the first satellite telephone conversation was made. And finally, in 1946, H.G. Wells, the renowned science fiction author, died. And if you want to read more about those on this day in tech stories that I dredged up from the internet, I have included the links in the show notes. I went to a couple of websites to find these, and just looking through my notes, I used onthisday.com, 
bbc.co.uk and timeanddate.com. And that is about it for the show. If you want to find me, you can find my business website. It is roymartha.com. That is R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R.com. For everything else, go to my blog, which is roymartha, R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R dot wordpress.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I am at R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R. The hashtag for the show is hashtag Roy's Rocket Radio. When I'm feeling particularly grumpy about something in tech, look for the hashtag TechnoBilge. And finally, every now and then, the captain. <laughs> for who? The captain. The person who may or may not exist, who is apparently the host of Roy's Rocket Radio, sometimes tweets in his supervillainistic way. And the hashtag for that is Villainy Prevails. I'm to a lesser extent on just about all other social media that you can poke a stick at. And these links can be found both on the business site and the blog. I'm really easy to find. If you like the show, please tell a friend about Roy's Rocket Radio. If you despise the show, tell someone you don't like about Roy's Rocket Radio. They won't thank you for it. Please review the show in iTunes. I really need those reviews, people, and I'm not getting them. Which may speak volumes, but I hope that it doesn't. To all my new followers on Twitter, I have made a few in the last couple of days or so. Hello there, and please listen to the show, and get in touch. Oh, and one last thing that I mentioned just before recording the show on Twitter. If you want your feedback or your comments or your questions on the show, get in touch with me and I'll read them out. That is it for today. Thanks for listening to Roy's Rocket Radio. This was Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 187. Recorded on Sunday, the 13th of August, 2017. The time of the end of the show is 1.48 and 50 seconds. Remember to tune into the extra Philip K. Dick special on Friday. You can do that by subscribing. And, of course, the regular show will be next Sunday as well. So that is it for everything. So goodbye and... Bye for now. Bye.